0: zebra in a room full of horses as much as she tried to be inconspicuous she didn't have the ability to do so the the room that day it was it was just filled with all kinds of people religious people pharisees and sadducees that just wanted to see if they could trap, find Jesus. The apostles were in the room. Maybe not all, but many, and they had spent much much time with Jesus, and they kind of knew a little bit about what he would do. In the room was as of any dinner at the in the New Testament. A little bit different kind of setting that the common people would come and be around. And then, of course, there was Jesus in the house. But part of that room stood a woman. And as much as she tried to be inconspicuous... As much as she tried to blend in with everybody else. Her past, her life just stuck out like a sore thumb. Among those that were there that day, she probably in one sense received no attention. She wasn't the important one. But in some ways, neither was Jesus. For the the religious people of the day, the the important thing was just being there. To be able to say that I was in the room. For most of those common people that were there that day, it was just to, to say that I had... I came to get a glimpse of him, an opportunity to see him, but not her. She came differently. It was the house of Simon, evidently a a, a man of prestige among the Pharisees, that he would somehow get the the, the attention of, of Jesus and invite him to dinner. Jesus would accept, you know, Jesus really accepted very few invitations to the Pharisees' houses. He, he would go to the house of Zacchaeus, the sinner. In fact, he was accused of dining, fellowshipping with sinners. But in this one instance here in the Bible, Luke chapter 7 We find Jesus in what I would say was an odd spot. He was having dinner with the Pharisee. I don't know what brought Jesus to the moment. But something says to me that really it had very little to do with the Pharisee. The Pharisees, as we've talked about much in Bible studies around here, were the religious elite of the day. They had all the mannerisms, they had all the customs, they had all the rituals, they had all the dress. They had all the rules, but they didn't have much relationship. It's odd that when Jesus would come, that His greatest opposition would come. Not from worldly people, but from religious people. We don't know the intent of Simon, why that he invited Jesus in. I I often wonder if it was just so that he could put it on his resume. Had dinner with Jesus at my house. That really sounds pretty good. Jesus was at my house. He ate my soup. He ate my fruit, my vegetables. But as they sat in that room that particular day, there was one person that came much different. Than everybody else. The religious people were there. The apostles were there. But my amplified Bible said. That this woman was a very bad sinner. You know. Not the average sinner. Told a little white lie. Maybe took a ink pen. From the office. Cut out five minutes early. That's not bad sin. But they called her a very bad sinner. So logically and maybe the way many of us maybe, I, I hope, maybe when I said very bad sinner, I thought really bad. Harlot, adulterer, fornicator very bad sinner i I didn't have her in the chuck norris blowing people away category I, i don't know why back in that that day and hour but very bad and it was very obvious that she was there but what was not so obvious that day was her purpose for Simon Simon being was good being with Jesus was good as i said it was the resume thing but for this woman that we don't even know her name she came with different purpose she came to touch Jesus not to be in the house not to be able that she could put it on her resume. Not to be able to say she was there. But she came to touch him. Her total purpose was different. Simon, when he walked in, avoided several of the, of the customs of the day. He was supposed to wash his feet. There were certain customary things that he was supposed to do. But so indifferent. He wasn't hostile. He wasn't angry. He wasn't... Belligerent, he was just indifferent. It's sad when those of the faith just become indifferent. You're not out sinning and doing all the bad things you you you're not in the corner of this very bad woman but neither would we put would, would they would Jesus have put him in someone that he said I know you I have a w- relationship with you and he was just simply indifferent he was just simply calloused. and well he was kind of unhospitable didn't wash his feet did not put oil on him didn't do the customary things that should be done just satisfied that it was there. As were many people. That particular day. But one. One unknown lady. Her day was different. She got up. A lump in her throat. Maybe a heaviness in her heart. Something that said, today is not going to be an ordinary day. Today, as bad as my life has been, I'm going to do something that I've never done before. I, I can see her as she went to the closet that morning, went through the robes of the day, She tried to pick out the nicest thing that she had. She didn't want to stick out. She didn't want to be the obvious one. So I'm sure she thought, how can I blend in? How can I just fit the scene? I want to look nice for, for this moment. And puts on the robe and fixes herself up like all you ladies do so wonderfully. But that wasn't all she did. Someplace she had this box, this alabaster box that it was her life. It was said that one pound of alabaster was worth a year's salary. We don't know for sure how much that she had. But one of the authors as I prepared for this said that she may have had as much as two or three years worth of salary in this box. And so she, she, as she gets herself dressed, she goes over to the place and pulls down the box. She looks at it probably in a different way. I, I am making a little of assumption, but I, 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 I can imagine that this, this box that she has is a, a testimony It almost speaks in a haunting way. It is the reward from the selling of her body. The money that she gathered, she she can't spend frivolously. There's too much pain. There's too much that's associated with it. So she just invests in something and thinks, someday I'm going to get myself out of this. Buy this box. I'm going to be able to sell it. And I'm going to go to a new place. I'm going to have a new new identity. I'm going to have something about me. But as much and as hard as she tried from the years, that box just sat there. But this morning, as she prepared herself, she said, this morning, I'm going to meet Jesus. And I'm going to take this box with me. So while everybody else walked in... Just satisfied to be with her. They didn't notice that she came a little differently. But here she came. And in her, I don't know how she carried it on. She had a little purse. But I imagine just a little box. She had a box in her hand. And she made her way in amongst the crowd and stood behind Jesus with the rest of them. The common people, that's all they could do. The, the, the religious people that were comfortable and, and were used to be around Jesus, the apostles, they were all reclining. They had special places. But, you know, sometimes those that just really don't feel unworthy, they, they just kind of try to find them a place to settle in. But she'd come with the box, she'd come with the purpose. And she watched as the, the dinner took place, waiting for the opportunity to worship. It's amazing. I, I looked at this text and not one place did I see where there was any, ever an offer of appreciation from the religious People that were there, I almost felt like there was a sense that the religious people were, were, were under this mindset. Jesus, you should be glad that I'm here. It's really sad when I or you get to the place that we might say. Not with words, but with actions. You should just be glad that I'm here with you today, Jesus. He didn't offer any appreciation. There was no worship. I don't think he felt the need to. He was satisfied. He was content. He was even, I would say, righteous enough that he didn't feel like he had need of Jesus. But amongst the crowd, she stood with this burning inside of her overwhelming desire that she needed to worship. Nobody would have imagined that she would have been the worshiper. No one. maybe we would have expected for Simon or one of the others to speak something of of worship towards the Lord, but not her. But something was inside her saying, there is nothing that I can do that is enough. She felt nothing she could do was enough to please Jesus. The callous Simon didn't care to honor him. But in this moment of time, for the first time in my life, I think I've ever, I ever noticed it. When this woman began to worship, to give, if I may, on this holiday Sunday... Say the gift of worship. When she began to pour out her gift of worship. For the first time in my life. I had ever read this story. I don't know how many times I talked about it. Preached and, and taught it at the college. I don't know how. But for the first time in my life. I saw something I had never seen. This woman never spoke a word. Every she did was simply an action. Look at the text. There never was anything said because sometimes words can be so cheap. Sometimes the song can be so empty. Sometimes you can sing your song so many times that it just becomes the repetitive thing that you do. Sometimes you can just raise your hands and say, I love you, Jesus. And it's just the thing. It's just the religious thing that I do. I can just show up here because it's the religious thing to do. But there are other times that I can get into the presence of the Almighty. And it's not what I say. It is the actions that I show that makes the difference. And here, this woman of, of low character and stature, this woman that is very lowly thought of, suddenly breaks forth from the crowd of the mundane. Suddenly breaks forth from the ritualistic norm of the day and the hour. And she steps out of her pride. She steps out of her life. She already knows. Oh yeah, she stands out for the apostle. For Luke to say this, that this was a very bad woman, it tells you everybody knew in the room what she was. And nobody expected her to be the worshiper. Nobody expected her to bring the gift of worship. But there's a day and an hour when maybe those that you wouldn't expect to be the worshiper suddenly becomes the worshiper suddenly becomes aware of who is in the room and makes the, the decision, if nobody else is going to be the worshiper, I am going to be a worshiper. I wonder what that moment was like as they're lounging around. It wasn't a table where they're all just sitting down. There, there was more of a, a relaxful atmosphere in the Bible time. They're eating and conversation is going on. Just another day in the house with Jesus. But all of a sudden, a, purpose, a person with purpose, a person with, with reason, a person with desire, a person of brokenness steps through the, through the normality of the day and says, No, you don't realize who you're in the presence of. You're in the presence of the Almighty God, God repped in flesh, the one that has done the miracles for those in the room, the one that helped us have the faith. He is in the room and he is worthy of our worship. What about her worship? The the gift of worship that I learned from this woman. First of all. Her worship. Was authentic. Her worship. Was not based on. What he had done. But what he could do. As she stood there that moment. She understood. The only person. The only hope that I have. Is right here. And the best way that I know. To get his attention. Is to totally. Allow myself. To be open and exposed to Him. I can't imagine the courage it took. To be standing there among the commoners. To break out into this audience of religious elite. The the lump that's in her throat. The queasiness that's in her legs. Can Can you sense that? How many times, if I'm her, do I feel myself going... And feeling like somebody has superglued my feet to the ground. And finally, the, the desire, the purpose was so strong that she busts out of that, out of that group of common people and falls at the feet of Jesus. And there, the first thing that happens... It's tears of brokenness. Oh, we misdefine worship so much that it's all in the dance and the praise. But I'm here to tell you that the the true sign of worship is a broken and contrite heart. A heart that is tender to the Lord. And whatever it was, I think in, in those moments of tears that were coming down her face, that at first there was sorrow. She understood who she was. She understood the mistakes that she had in her life. There is that moment when, when you just begin to cry, when you realize who you are and that there is nobody else that you can blame. There's nobody else you can put the responsibility. I am the result of my actions. I am a result of my lifestyle. I am here by what I have done and the tears of sorrow begins to drop. I can't imagine having enough uh, brokenness in my, in my eyes to cry so hard that the very feet of Jesus be, just begins to get sobbed with with the brokenness of my life i am so broken everybody here knows who i am i know who i am and the sorrow of her sins breaks into her life but also i think at a moment's time this as i would suggest worship involves repentance as she begins to break herself before the lord and worship him with everything that she has and the sorrow is there at a point Something begins to transform in her heart. Hope begins to come to her. She realizes, I'm in the presence of the Almighty and something can change in my life. At a point when you really worship God, you go from sorrow to hope. And the tears of, oh my word, there is possibility that there is a life-changing event that is happening in my life. And the tears just get stronger and stronger. And she cried all the more. And the more she cried, and the more her heart began to be changed, all of a sudden I go from sorrow to hope to thankfulness. My life is being transformed by my worship to God. I'm here to tell you that your worship can transform your life in God. But the the tears were not enough. These lips that are meant to kiss other lips. That was just like the wedding kiss. Come here. Mm. Lips for lips intimacy the kiss on the cheek meant i love you it was a, a salutation that would have been acceptable that would have been that would have been enough worship but she took the lips instead of going to the place of intimacy inti- instead of going to the pa- place of salutation she goes to the lowest place feet that are now muddy from the tears of her face she lowers her lips to those she cares not what anybody else thinks at this moment she understands that she's in the presence of the almighty and her lips not I don't think just one time goes to his feet but over and over she begins to worship with the gift of worship by kissing the feet of Jesus Jesus I'll give of my 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 past. I'll give of my tears. I'll cry. See, the alabaster that will go over His feet. I, I, I'll give of my of, of my 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 poor horrid past. I, Lord, I want to worship You with everything that I have. I'll put my my tears on Your. Feet, I'll put the feet of all places. Why, feet the lowest of all places. You see, true worship takes you to a place of lowliness. There's no way to get to somebody's feet without going to your knees. There's no way without getting yourself down below somebody else. When she went to Jesus, she understood, I am the lowest of low. Paul said it so well, I am the chiefest of sinners. And to be in His presence is such an honor and glory. Have we forgot how awesome it is to be in the presence of the Lord? I, I, I looked at her her gift of worship. She says, I'll give you my tears, the sorrows of my past. I've got my alabaster. The price that I've gained is worthless compared to who you are, Jesus. I'll keep, kiss you with my lips. And then she did something. Because, see, the, the tears, we, we said, was something about her. that she It was from her past that caused the tears. To, the lips were her lips, and she, those lips had been spent on many people. The alabaster was her gain from her life. But then she takes her hair. The glory of the Lord. Her hair was not something that was hers, it was something that was his. Lord, I'll give you everything that I can give you, but I'm going to go one further. I'm going to give you worship with what you gave me and suddenly the hair I don't know where how it was all how it was it was covered up like these beautiful Pakistani ladies here the veil comes off and the hair comes flowing down And all of a sudden she says, Lord, the glory that you have given me, I am still not worthy of. And begins to take that hair and begins to wash. She lifts the feet of Jesus. We often take the towel and do foot washing and we wipe with the towel. But here she is with her very glory saying, Lord, I'm I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you even your glory, the thing that you've given me. I'm willing to give back. And the sad part of the moment is as she is sitting there giving everything that she has and everything that God has given her. Simon and those that had grown custom of Jesus. Had lost their appreciation. Just watched. It it would be one thing if you're just a spectator. But we're made of this. Aware of this. That the Lord is very aware of every thought. And so as she worshipped. I I would imagine even Jesus was humbled by her worship. So brazen and so lost in their theological and religious life. His thought was not, I should be worshiping too. His thought was, this man's not a prophet. If he knew what kind of woman she was. Condescending. Arrogant. In the presence of the Almighty. Read the story. I didn't take the time. Because of time, Jesus will tell a story of two people that both owed debt. One owed a lot, and one owed a little. and the one that was owed the debt forgave both. I'm here just to tell you, regardless of what kind of sinner you were, we all are sinners. And we all should be worshipers. We don't validate ourselves because we're less of a sinner than someone else. We don't validate ourselves by the religious system that we have been a part of. We validate ourselves by our worship to the Lord. How you worship Jesus. Says everything. Says everything. About how you feel. And see him. Everything. About how. You really feel. About him. I come to a close this morning. I don't want Jesus just to know what I think. I want Jesus to know how I feel about Him. The gift of worship is the first gift that I want us to bring to Jesus this year. I don't know about you but ever since we finished off the bird watched the Lions lose their regular Thursday afternoon football game pillaged through the Black Friday gifts or things that we're going to get can I just confess I'm going to be a dishonest pastor My thoughts of what I'm going to get my mom, my dad, what am I going to get my son, my daughter, my precious wife, and even my son-in-law, brother-in-law, whoops. Don't, oh, and my sister. Man, I'm digging a deep hole. But we went through this. We Time out. We, the suggestion was we, we we just draw names. I struggled with this. I'm going to buy something from my mom. I'm going to buy something from my dad. I'm going to buy something from my sister. It don't have to be a great great amount of money. I'm going to buy them something. And so if, if we did this, if, I don't care what, what we're going to do. We're going to draw names. I was going to buy one for everyone. So the only person left out was my... My brother-in-law, Sam. I couldn't leave him out of the deal. He's a great guy. But back to my point. I I, I have been thinking, and has anybody else been thinking about what you're going to buy people? But has anybody thought, what am I going to give Jesus? Jesus. He gave you the hope of eternal life. He gave you His blood. He gave you His stripes. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He has given so much. And this whole season is about Jesus. So, what are you going to give? Might I suggest one of the greatest gifts that you could give Him is your worship. To somehow peel off the religious robes of the day and all the learned things that we have and cast them aside. To lose the casual dining with Jesus on Sunday morning somehow say Lord I'm coming back to authentic meaningful worship with a spirit of gratitude thankfulness I am so honored to be in your presence stand with me this morning closing altars are open if you'd like to respond just say Lord I want to promise you I want to give the commitment of I'm going to be a worshiper oh is the possibility that you might stick out a little bit yeah I'm sorry even here at Life Connections There's sometimes the the tendency to say, I I just can't step out of my shell. Is there the possibility it might be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes to to weep in His presence? Well, even to respond like we did today, yeah, there's a possibility. There there might be the moments when you might feel like the the zebra in the, the middle of the the horses, but I'm telling you, telling you this, your worship means everything to the Lord. I love his final words in Luke chapter seven, verse 50. You can look at it when you get home. 49 or 48. I can't remember exactly. He said, your sins be forgiven you. Oh, I love that are forgiven you when you worship Him you don't come here to worship Him before after your sins are forgiven you come and worship Him when you are a sinner that's when you worship Him and He said something else this woman's actions what this woman's actions will be will be an example of the gift of worship every time the gospel is preached. This will be the mark that I'm going to put it up against that in the most uncomfortable of environments, she broke and she humbled herself. And he said something else. When you truly worship God with sorrow, with thankfulness, with hope, when you give him everything you have and you give him even what he's given you, when you do that, he said, peace, be with you. Not only does he forgive, but he said, I give you peace. He says, and when he said, I give you peace, here's what he said, I'm giving you a disconnect from all that past things that you did. You're going to be able to distress, distress from all those things. Those things that keep bothering you, keep carrying you, and keep haunting you. When you worship him with the gift of worship, He says, I forgive you, but I'll go one step farther. I'll give you peace in your mind. Oh, is there anybody in this room that would like peace in your mind? Just peace in your mind. Jesus, right now as we close. Lord, we're here to be worshipers. We're here to bring you our first gift this week. We'll come back with another gift next week. But this week, we're just giving the gift Of worship, just as I am, Lord. Sometimes I stick out. I'm pretty. I'm pretty bad. I've got some pretty ugly things, but I'm.